0: Hi, everybody. We are so glad that you have joined us for Tribe Talk Live today. And uh, we've got some great information that we're gonna share with you. And we're going to spend some time answering questions that you might have. And, uh, but first, before we start, I want to introduce to you A dear friend of mine and an amazing colleague, Dr. Tom Moorcroft. I just can't say enough amazing things about this guy. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, He works with some very, very complex cases around the world, um, having to deal with viral infections, co-infections, Lyme. And, um, and so we were just so glad that when I reached out to him that he said, heck yeah, I am so happy to help, uh, you know, join in on Tribe Talk, answer people's questions, and, uh, you know, just bring some calmness and some level-headedness to all this craziness that's going on right now. Welcome, Dr. Tom. We're so glad to have you.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. You know, it is a super crazy time and if we can do anything to help you guys get up to date and feel comfortable sharing with your clients and your patients ways to remain calm and healthy during this you know it'll be a super big win for all of us so thanks
0: absolutely um really quick before we uh get underway um for those of you listening the best thing that you can do on your end is to go ahead and mute yourself so that if the dog starts barking or the phone starts ringing or you start coughing or something like that, that, um, that uh, it doesn't um, uh, take over the sound on the Zoom recording. So go ahead and put yourselves on mute. You should see it in the bottom left corner of your Zoom screen where you can hit the mute button. If you can't find it, um, I believe we can mute, mute you ourselves, but that's gonna be the best way to go ahead and handle that, awesome. All right, so there's been a lot of uh, new developments. Doctors and scientists around the world are all coming together and uh, working overtime to figure out what pharmaceuticals can be used that will be effective to help ease the massive inflammatory response that's happening in people's lungs in those small percentage of individuals that, you know, are having a life-threatening response uh, to this virus. And so I thought we could go ahead and start there. Dr. Tom, if you could, um, uh, you know, kind of update us a little bit on that and what we're seeing, and uh, then we can just kind of let the conversation flow from there.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. Um, You know, some of the the biggest news is we've been looking at different things um, like HIV drugs and try to see if antiviral properties may be helpful in this. I think it was published last night or just this morning that um, the first trials out uh, of those really didn't work as well as they had expected um, from those protease inhibitors. But the good news is we've been looking at things like the antimalarial gl- drugs like uh, chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine and hydroxychloroquine a lot of us in the United States at least have had a, a, a fair bit of experience with that. And, and it's, you know, it has some side effects, but it's a overall safe, it's, you know, used in uh, rheumatological conditions. It's used to immune modulate. And so there's been some good research, both in vitro, and we're starting to see some clinical studies being done to show that that might actually be an effective treatment. Um, and I'm just picking up the, the, um, there's a remdesivir, uh, I always have to look at it because I seem to forget about it, <laughs> how to pronounce it. But that is an, uh, that's another antiviral that's used, uh, that was originally looked at in the, um, it didn't well, in, uh, but it's been um, used and uh, in the critically ill patient population, it's an IV drug and some people are reporting day to two of their uh, dose that they're seeing pretty significant turnaround. So there's a couple of things being studied which are promising. And the other part, um, going back to the hydroxychloroquine that's really interesting to me is, there is some evidence, at least in vitro, that it may be pro- um, beneficial prophylactically. So we have an inexpensive drug with you know, let some, you know, relatively low side effects. I mean, one of the big problems is it's got a half-life that's 38 to 52 days. So I mean, once you start it, it's gonna be around for a little bit, but, but it's promising. Um, there's also been some work done on MERS, which is kind of the most recent um, animal coronavirus to skip over to humans back around 2014 and 15, where we looked at um, other those drugs, but also other drugs like nitazoxynide, a lot of people know as Alinea, and Alinea is a super safe drug. The only problem is it's ultra expensive. Um, hasn't directly been studied in this yet, but I know that there have been many people who've been using it because, you know. Um, because it is safe and they may not have other options. And then, then that can, I'm sure, will dovetail into the natural treatments that kind of bounce out of those antimalarials too.
0: Okay. And then what about, um, have you, have you um, heard any of the information about, and I'm going to ask you this because I know we've had some people asking, about the, um, the chloroquine um, combined with the and you know I'm just curious about that, and you know maybe if if you could simplify um, how each of those is working to actually help the um, inflammation and the problems in the lungs, um, that will kind of lead us into another into another question that I want to ask next
1: yeah um, the the first thing I mean I think a lot a lot of us who are used to sort of treatment of Lyme disease and babesiosis you you know and other chronic infections tend to add the hydroxychloroquine into our protocols to help augment our the, the efficacy of our antibiotics and the reason we do that is because the hydroxychloroquine increases the pH of the cells making it more alkaline and 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 the theory is helping you know the antibiotic to work better And this is kind of the opposite. I mean, they're thinking that um, we can inhibit viral fusion with the chloroquine or the hydroxychloroquine, um, as well as, uh, you know, fusion to the cell membrane because of this increase in pH. Um, But then when they added the azithromycin, I mean, the first thing I thought of was, well, we know that a lot of these people are getting fibrosis and secondary infections in their lungs, so maybe that's it some of the in vitro work, it looks like azithromycin is augmenting the the hydroxychloroquine effect separate from treating the bacterial infection. And I don't know that we know enough about how that's actually working at this time, but I mean, I was just reading that this morning that, so I I think a lot of it has to do with just we're getting a more alkaline environment in the body, which is allowing, you know, to the sort of that stop viral replication and fusion and things of that nature.
0: Okay, okay, so if, if this particular medication is creating a more alkaline environment, uh, which is helping the body because it's preventing uh, the viral attachment to the cell, um, aren't there also, and correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't there also some different botanicals that are used um, also you know, for malaria? um and other and you know other health issues that could also produce the same effect and is that something that uh we might consider taking prophylactic prophylactically
1: yeah i i think so i think actually i i mean and i'm sure you guys talk about this all the time because i've hung out with you and i and i know the way you think but to me this is so promising getting our body in an alkaline environment where it would thrive We can start that with our diet and our mindset too. So I'm sure based upon your team and knowing you guys, you're talking about that as well. I think one of the big things that I've used and seen work really well in viruses over the years is artemisinin, Um, so artemisia annua. I'm a big fan of the liposomal formulation so that we can use a much lower dose and get higher absorption, uh, and it tends to be really well tolerated. And I think that you know, we do have some evidence out of MERS and even SARS, uh, the pre- those two big previous coronavirus outbreaks, that this actually might have some efficacy in turning off sort of that, the, the viral response. Um, you know, and then there's all the, the sort of the basic things. I mean, lots of people are talking about the use of andrographis in this. Um, in my practice, I tend to use more of the combination herbs so that, like, you know, we're doing, anti- we have pre- sort of essentially pre-made viral formulas, um, and it's kind of because of the patient population I use, but there was also the work out of um, South Korea where they're talking about, like, they come up with the South Korea protocol that included the andrographis, but there's also, you know, the vitamin C and the vitamin D and then the zinc and, and all kind of the, the normal things that we would think about um, using for proper immune function Um, And and our normal antiviral herbals, I mean, lots of people have seen, have been recommending those. I I know elderberry comes up all the time. And, you know, so I I think that we were kind of talking a little beforehand. You know, so many of these things are well established. I mean, we could just, I mean, if we pulled up antiviral herbals, I mean, we could have a conversation for probably three weeks based on medical evidence and what we're seeing is a lot of people are forgetting to utilize the medical evidence because there's a few people saying that hey the you know vitamin c iv cures coronavirus well we don't know that we don't know anything that cures it other than our own immune systems so i would suggest that any of the things that you're typically doing naturally to support immune function and you've previously used in other viruses could potentially help if you apply it you know using the new information as it comes out.
0: Excellent, excellent. Um, Dr. Thompson, did you have anything to add to the discussion or any questions?
2: Oh, I think Dr. Tom really hit the nail on the head. And I know we were talking about this, you know, before we hopped on. And I think, yeah, he really hit it that, you know, use what what we have, we don't know what cures it, but use what we know has worked in the past, and some of these herbs have amazing, amazing potential. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely, and you know, we have seen, um, just for those of you listening, um, you know, who are taking your um, various supplements to help support your immune system, uh, you may be taking some of the things like what we recommended Uh, when we put out our very first, um, uh, you know, coronavirus um, um, article about a month ago now, and we were urging everyone to, uh, you know, get stocked up on their vitamin D and their vitamin C and zinc, and we even talked about iodine in there. Uh, We mentioned a few different things. I've noticed that a lot of resources are out of supplements right now, and so um, uh, Dr. Thompson and Anne um, and Alexis and I, uh, we were, we've, we've been in meetings this week and we've been looking for um, other sources. And so um, you know, if you're looking for stuff and you're just not able to find it, feel free to reach out to us on the Facebook page at Crusaders for Health and let us know what it is that you're needing And we will uh, do whatever we need to do to help you to, uh, to, you know, find a source where you can get, you know, some of your different supplements. Um, uh,
2: And I have one question kind of jumping back. I know it's something that we all, you know, know and use our artemisia that isn't harmful. But Dr. Tom, can you elaborate for that person that is going to go try to find it? The, you know, you'll read that it's toxic on the liver. Can you talk about the different types that you can get and, you know, what is the safe type of Artemisia?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the work that I've seen and, and, and the, the, the kind that I use primarily is Artemisia anua. A lot of people know it as Sweet Annie. Um, I do like the liposomal form. It's a little harder to come by. I mean, Hawkington makes it, and um, I'm not sure if anybody else has done it you can certainly even learn how to do that at home so you can take regular and do it. But usually what I've seen, it it can induce its own hepatic metabolism and so essentially it'll not work anymore. Um, And so what we want to do typically is dose people five days on and two days off and then I usually take uh, one week a month off in chronic cases. In the acute case and, and in an early babesiosis treatment, I'll often go a whole month without a break and then take a week off. So you have some flexibility. The one thing I do know, and it can happen across the board with Artemisias, is you can induce um, hepatic toxicity. Uh, I, I think there's only really 14 cases ever reported. I happen to have one of them, unfortunately. <laughs> um, if you start using this and your urine turns like Coca-Cola within two or three days, you know that you need to stop it. It'll clear up in 24 hours uh, in almost every case. So it, it's usually um, you know, not a big deal. You know, and the other thing, too, just um, when Elena was talking, I was – it's really interesting that we're also seeing that quercetin, um, you know, may actually be a really good treatment and maybe a pre- preventive because they've been working on this since the early 2000s with SARS. And when you were saying, hey, we're running out of stuff, I mean, this is the time to get your stuff. We've placed orders that are going to be filled in two and three weeks. Um, we're, and a week ago, we were able to get 12 of a certain product from the manufacturer. Now we can get three a week. Um, quercetin, uh, I hear won't be available in most places for another week. But again, if you know the foundational things that like you guys have been teaching everyone, make a plan of what you're gonna do and your top two or three that are most important and get those, you know, ordered ahead of time, would be my recommendation. That's what we're doing.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I was thinking about that. Yesterday, actually, um, for those of you that are listening, you may already have your supplements right now, um, but you may want to go ahead and place an order because it could take you a month before you get your next order, right? So just plan ahead so that you're not scrambling. Um, and uh, and and Dr. Tom, if there's anything that our team can do to help you as well, um, let us know because Alexis um, has some insights as to which manufacturers still have what things in stock, and so you know, if we can help you, so that you can help your patients, um, you know, we're all pulling together as a community right now to help one another. And so, anything that we can do to help you on that, and that would be great. Um, anything else that you want to share before we, you know, open up for Q and A? Because I'm sure there are a lot of people that you know have questions, and I want to make sure that we have time for that.
1: Yeah, um, you know, this is a unique time. Um, we've never seen anything like this so everybody is really trying to innovate for for the be, you know for the best for the global population no one's done this before so step up and and realize that you have so much power and influence over your patients and clients you know and the news isn't all bad you know i mean if you look at influenza we already have like 35, 40,000, uh, 40 million cases in the United States this season and over 17,000 deaths. But what everybody's been freaking out about is that means we have like a, a mortality rate of about 0.1%. And this has been consistent over time. And, but the new, this new coronavirus has freaked everybody out because of the rapidity of the spread, but also the mortality. And globally, it's looked at like three and a half. But when you look at places like South Korea that's done aggressive testing and aggressive quarantining of specific people, and because they had testing, they could do contact tracing, meaning I I may have had it. Who did I meet so that we can quarantine them, not the whole world? They've really gotten their mortality rates below 1%. And there's some really good new information coming out of Italy showing that, you know, about half of the people who have died, I think it's 48% had three or more chronic medical conditions. And their population is the second oldest in the entire world behind Japan. So most, and it's very common for people to smoke. So we're finding some of the risk factors are very modifiable quickly. Smoking, we can stop doing that. I think it was Patricia Arquette has this big Instagram thing with all her followers. She's like, this completely sucks. I went cold turkey. It's more important to stop now. I'm going to be on here every day with you telling you how bad it feels to cold turkey, but we're all going to do it together. And, and it's like, you're going to see that this is going to pass and we're the people who do the best are going to be the people who do everything that we all talk about, what we're teaching our clients. And so our clients who have engaged and started to change their health already, these are the biggest immune boosting things you can do and they've already decreased their risk before it even happened. And when they continue to do all this hard work or apparently hard work now, it's gonna pay huge dividends in the long run because this will pass Mm -hmm. and we're still, now we've been motivated to move our health forward because of the coronavirus and maybe take steps we would not have otherwise taken.
0: That's really, really solid advice. Um, and I'm glad that you, um, just, you know, reiterated that, that, you know, those of, those of you, those of all of us who are implementing the things that we're learning, um, you know, we're actually, you know, being careful, uh, you know, washing our hands, taking our supplements, practicing mindfulness, uh, you know, don't overdose on, on the television and social media, um, which, you know, I'll tell you what, that's happened to me a couple of times. And it totally ungrounded me. You know, I think that it's part of the human condition that, you know, we get drawn into the drama. And so we're watching it and watching it and watching it. And then, you know, the next thing you know, I'm having to take a seat back and I'm having to ground myself and disconnect myself from those emotions. Um, And, you know, the worst thing that we can do for ourselves is to allow ourselves to get caught up in all of that hype. Because inevitably, you are going to have emotion that comes with it. You're going to start feeling that emotion that you're watching, and then you're going to connect to that emotion. And the next thing you know, you're going to be full of anxiety. And that's the worst thing that you can do for yourself right now. Um, and I'm sure that you know, all of my staff, Like we've all had moments of it, but we're very, very aware of what we need to do to prevent that and to get ourselves grounded again. When you start having a stress response, it affects your immune system in a very, very negative way. And so we really, really wanna practice that. And so many of us don't do it. We're busier than we've ever been in the life of mankind. We're always busy. Work comes first, the kids come first. You know, every everything else comes first. But what's happening here is going to really push us into the paradigm shift that we need to go into. We need to put ourselves first. We need to put our health first. We need to put our health first and stop worrying about how we're gonna put the kids through college. The kids can put themselves through college. You know, if you're sick, if you're sick, you need to put your health first, all right? Because if you don't have your health, then you're not gonna be there for your kids when they graduate from college and they've, got grand- and they've got grandkids on, you know, and they've got children on the way. You're not gonna be there for that. And that's when they're really gonna need you. Just because your kids turn 18 doesn't mean that they don't need you. When they get older, they're gonna need you more than ever. So you need to take care of yourself now. And this is a perfect example. So many people are scrambling and they're reaching out to us saying, you know, I get sick three times a year. And I don't know what to do. Should I Should I buy an oxygen chamber? I had somebody talk to me about that yesterday. You know, I mean, so many people are in so much fear now. But if if you would have put your health first back then, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be so fearful of what's going on right now. And so I urge you to see the silver lining in this and use this as an opportunity. Use this time of stillness to start... Bringing yourself inward and focusing on what you need to do for you, keep yourself grounded. Start learning meditative techniques. They're being given away for free all over the internet right now. Everybody's jumping in to help to help, you know, to help us, and um, and then and then and re where your health needs to be. Um, and so, and I say that with love guys, we love you. We're all coming together to help as much as we can. That's why we are doing these lives twice a week. Um, and Dr. Moorcroft, Dr. Thompson, uh, Rosita, Alexis, myself, we are also jumping onto other people's talks and other people's um, you know, gatherings so that we can help spread information that is solid. Things to help calm your mind, and um, and 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 so that we can come together and help you feel strong because you are strong, and we are going to make it through this together, and we're all going to come out of this on the other side um, with our priorities reprioritized and with more clarity um, around what's really important in life, and um, and and hopefully we're all going to be much more connected, um, you know,
1: through this whole experience. Um,
0: so, why don't we
1: open it up for some Q&A? And I'm going to give you, I'll, give, I'll just say one more thing too. It's really wow. important because what you said is everybody's running out of all these supplements. But the cool part is with all the free meditation and doing it now is so important to start today because there have been studies on both meditation and EFT tapping to show improve increases in immune levels so that you can actually directly measure improvements in your immune function. And they recently did a new one that said in seven days, you can bump up your salivary IgA by at least uh, 118%, which is essentially a doubling of your antibody efficacy within a week. So if you start today by next week, you'll be in great shape. And if you started before, you're already reaping the benefits.
0: That is such amazing information. Thank you for sharing that. Um, And that reminds me, for those of you who are are here with us today, as you know, we are doing this every Tuesday and every Friday at 12 p.m. noon Central Time. And every week, we're going to be incorporating something on the scientific side. Um, So we'll be talking more on the medical side. Um, And then we also want to incorporate every week something on the mindset and spirituality side as well. And so we are going to have people to come in you know, experts to come in and lead us through guided meditation, lead us through some um, uh, resonance repatterning sessions, um, lead us through some yoga breath therapy techniques that we can use to bring us out of fight or flight. So we're going to be incorporating that. We have lined up a bunch of different experts in different fields that all are contributing to helping us um, improve our, our, um, our ability to, to fight this off, to help us with our immune function, to help us with our sleep, um, and to help us with our mindset. So, um, you know, just stay in touch with us because we've got some really, really great interactive exercises coming up in the next few weeks. Um, does anyone else have anything else to add? Dr. Tom, um, Dr. Tori? Um, anybody, Rosita? Okay, then what we'll do is we'll go ahead and we'll open it up for some questions. Um, you there is a chat, a little chat icon at the bottom of your screen. And you can jump in and ask some questions. Here we go. so i'll I'll go ahead and and be the moderator. I'll ask the question, and then uh, one, of the, one of you from our team uh, you know, can go ahead and, and take the question. A few weeks ago, I started boosting my immune system with higher doses of vitamin C and vitamin D. Within a few days, I started experiencing bad breath and taste in my mouth. Is there a connection? Dr. Tom, do you have anything to say about that?
1: Um. I guess the first thing I think about is, you know, people have used it in gingivitis and other things and, and at, mm-hmm. for its antioxidant properties. And as you get to higher doses, it becomes oxidative. So it could be killing things off. And I've seen people who will have transient, you know, shortness of breath, uh, shortness of breath, there you go, <laughs> uh, transient um, bad breath when we see big changes in the microbiome or when we see improvements in. Um, you know in our oral health kind of as we're shedding the old bacteria and then sort of some of the you know um, gases are let off and it usually passes in a week or so so that's been my experience I don't see uh, I haven't seen a ton of that I wonder wh- you know what the rest of you have seen
0: um, that's what I was thinking too you know she 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 might've been opening up some detox pathways, you know, like just, that's kind of what I'm thinking, like there may be something there. Um, And my question to you would be, have you made any changes to your dietary habits? Because um, I know, because we've heard from from some of you, that uh, people were scrambling and actually changing their diets right away. And just by changing your diet, where you stop putting the crap in, your body's going to naturally do what it can to detox any of the crap out you know once you stop putting it in so i think that's probably transient like dr moorcroft is saying uh, transient meaning that that will probably go away in a few days um how about um we have maria asking um where can I get a transcript of this chat? I wasn't able to sit through it all. That's a great question. Uh, just like last week, uh, live talk show, we um, posted it to the Facebook group, um, Crusaders for Help. So you'll be able to go in there and you'll be able to, uh, to see it there. And, um, and we're also uploading it to our podcast channel. So if you prefer to listen to it, um, uh, we're also posting the podcast link up in the Crusaders for Health um, private Facebook page as well. Um,
1: and Elena, how am I doing on volume now? Is this any better? Because someone had mentioned it might be too low.
0: Yeah, it sounds good. Okay, great. It sounds good. Um, next, next question, does anyone have another one? Anyone have questions on ah great one tracy um will medicinal mushrooms help so i don't know a ton about mushrooms um there are uh different types of mushrooms that can really help with adrenal uh, function and so in that case i would say like yeah absolutely um support those adrenals right now give your adrenals extra support, uh, because that's really going to help. Um, does anyone else have anything to add on the medicinal mushroom question? I could bring in some experts to talk about that, by the way, but. Um,
1: yeah, and I'm kind of in, in the same boat as you are, is I I know enough about mushrooms to know that they're potentially really good for you and um, I do use a couple formulations with medicinal mushrooms in them Um, and so I've been taking I mean I take them on a daily basis for immune boosting but then certainly when I was traveling when this first started breaking I started doubling down on that on travel days and then just going back to the basics so um If we want to have a long conversation about mushrooms i 'm definitely not the the expert on that, but I certainly know that in clinical practice i 've uh seen them work really well, and um there 's a lot of formulas i 'm actually going to be doing a conversation later today with Debbie Hamilton from Research Nutritionals about their some of their things, including the immune support products that do have the mushrooms in there too so um but yeah, definitely. Um, helpful. I'd also know that um, a lot of, because I see a lot of pans and autoimmune and there's a lot of work on mushrooms really down sort of that um, inflammation in, in sort of the sort of encephalitis that you see, you know, kind of the hyperactive pain on fire thing, non encephalitis you would measure in the hospital on an MRI or critical care unit. And, it, and, and my clinical experience has been very helpful. So they're certainly part of my personal um, routine.
2: Yeah, we use um, cordyceps in particular really to help bring that inflammation down in the body. We work with a lot of those systemic you know, infections and so really seeing awesome benefits with, co- with cordyceps. And you know, I, I use it on myself and absolutely love them and we see great responses clinically. And I would also add in that the reishi mushrooms are, have been shown to really support the immune system. They've been used against viruses as well
0: too. Okay, perfect. So we were able to give you some information on medicinal mushrooms there. Um, and just to let everyone know, Dr. Calvo had some time and he dropped in as well. Um, for, um, for those of you who um, didn't attend last week, Um, Dr. Calvo is a uh, regenerative medicine doctor, um, MD out of Austin, Texas. Um, And for those of you who joined us a little bit late today, Dr. Tom Moorcroft is our uh, guest for today, and uh, he is a DO out of the Connecticut area who focuses on uh, really, really complex um um medical mystery type cases um and uh and and so we actually met dr moorcroft um because of our our connection in the lyme community where we also work with many people with lyme disease and the associated co-infections which can be just really really complicated cases to deal with and so we were so super excited to have dr tom moorcroft and dr calvin thanks for Thanks for popping in today to hang out with us. We really appreciate you being here again. Um, How about, uh, let's look at the next question. Um, I have been seeing ads from a company called Your Super that offers natural supplements. Is anyone familiar with these products? I'm unable to find the supplements from the last Zoom meeting. Um, So I'm not familiar with Your Super. Are any of you familiar with that brand? Okay, so let's talk just for a few minutes, um, and any of you who want to jump in, just let me know, any, you know, anyone on my team, but I think it's important that since you asked that question, that we talk a little bit about supplements, because not all supplements are made the same, and how do you know if you're getting a good quality supplement? So let's just, you know, keep it simple so that you can digest this, but make it where, you know, you can come away with some understanding on that. There are a lot of supplements out there. And while there are a lot of good ones out there, there are a lot out there that are not good quality. Uh, One of the things that you can look for if you're looking for supplements on your own is to look for something that has the GMP label on it or the good manufacturer practices on it. That's always going to be a really good start for you as a baseline to see um, if if that product um, you know, is, is under the uh, GMP guidelines. Um, another thing uh, that you can do is to go through a practitioner. We know all the good ones and, 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 and we can help you with that. And so just like you asked us about that, that's a great question to ask on these forums. If you guys are researching supplements, um, you know, and you and you find something that you're not familiar with you, or you have a question on a particular brand, definitely bring that to the table every week and ask us. And, you know, we're very, very happy to help you with that. You know, as a general rule of thumb, getting things from GNC or getting things from Costco or Walgreens, that's a big thumbs down. You can see all of us shaking our head like, no, 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 no. stay away from that stuff. Like, that stuff is just, it's not going to be the quality um, that is going to actually, it's not going to be the quality, it's not going to have the absorption rate, or we call that bioavailability bioavailability that it needs, or even the strength that it needs, or the purity that it needs to actually be able to um, have a therapeutic change in your body. So we typically want to stay away from that. Um, Let me go to the next questions. Um we have, uh, can you please spell the names of the herbs suggested? I take, I did, you already do that? I take vitamin C Okay. So we already answered that in the bottom of the chat so that you can go ahead and, uh, and, and grab that. Um, what is the max dose of vitamin D that you recommend if you start feeling ill? Dr. Moorcroft. Um, I know many of us on the panel can uh, can um, add to that but go ahead and, and take it
1: I mean and I saw what Dr. Tori was writing too and I agree with her um, you know I, did post a, <clears throat> I posted a um some uh, a, like an editorial that was done through the Canadian family practice literature where they talk about the vitamin D hammer where um, and, and I've seen it done different ways but um, you can do a 50,000 uh, once um, and sometimes they'll do 30,000 three days in a row. I've certainly been known to do 50,000 three days in a row personally. I, I mean, in a short run, it's next to impossible to be toxic. And I've had some patients prior to, um, you know, way in the beginning of my career where I didn't know exactly how to um, evaluate everything as well as I had wished. I'd had them on 20,000, 30,000 units for six months. You know, they're doing it every day until we could get their levels up. Then I realized that we have to do the other things that we're looking at are like other fat soluble vitamins like K and, and A and stuff like that. But um, I've seen it be very safe. Um, I personally, um, whenever I go to I'll take like 30,000 before I leave on top of my 5,000 daily and my numbers have never gone above 100, so um,
3: uh-huh. yeah.
0: The interesting thing that a lot of people don't think about is that uh, your body is using it like a car uses gas. Your body's using that stuff, it's using it up like crazy every day. And so, you know, putting it back into your body, um, you know, is going to be a really good idea. Um, You know, anything between five and 10,000 a day in a normal circumstance, knowing that you're not already deficient in your vitamin D, that's usually enough to keep your levels in a good functional range you know, between 60 and 100, somewhere in there. Um, and uh, like Dr. Morcroft said, you know, if, if you're trying to boost your immunity, um, there are many of us who personally will take 50,000 a day for, you know, three or four days in a row. Um, and, you know, if you're not working with, with, uh, with somebody who can help guide you with that, uh, taking 50,000 uh, for one or two days should be fine, most likely you're deficient anyway if you haven't been taking vitamin D. And so that's definitely just gonna help bring your numbers back up to a good healthy functional range. And then going back down to taking you know, 20 to 30,000 a day, you should be fine inside of that range. Um, and the vitamin K also, you know, we see that genetically a lot of people really need to add vitamin K to their vitamin D. And so as a general rule in our practice, we put everyone on a vitamin D-K um, to make sure that they're actually able to, you know, uh, utilize and uptake their, their vitamin D levels.
3: Um, Lena, I know that um, the, the, the practitioners that are involved understand this concept, but, um, and it's only been in the last year or two that I've become aware of it, uh, but I've been prescribing as an orthopedic surgeon vitamin D and calcium, forever just by knee jerk, um, not really understanding. First of all, that it was a fat soluble vitamin. Uh, I was an orthopedist. I wasn't a nutritional guy. Um, so, uh, the, the doing vitamin D making certain, this is, this is a foregone conclusion on those of us that know now, but it's a fat soluble vitamin and it has to be done with fat or it won't be absorbed well. And number two, the K, as you mentioned, ends up being more like a switchman in a rail yard for the calcium. And to keep it from being deposited in the vascular system and diverting it into the bone and where it needs to be, the K has to be done uh, as part of that, especially if they're deficient. If they're not deficient, then that's not as as big a deal. The K's, as we know, very important switchman in the rail yard for this train and the K it needs to direct the calcium when it's taken in because of the D-absorption to, to the right place. Uh, one other caveat uh, that's come to my attention was a question about whether vitamin D can be taken perinerally, meaning in, by injection or by IV. Does anybody have experience with that?
1: I know it can be done, I have colleagues who do it, I, I I don't do it, so, I mean, I just do all the things you guys have talked about doing, but I certainly know that there is some information available out there, and people do it safely.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, thank you for adding that, Dr. Calvo. <clears throat> I didn't even think about explaining why we need to add that, um, uh, or, you know, like, other than the genetic you know stuff going on but uh, but you did a really great job of it, of it kind of explaining what it what's happening in the body. Thank you for doing that um, uh, here's another question: How much zinc daily
1: That's a great question i mean i'm usually um, I, i've seen numbers um, you know coming out of what people are interpreting as that South Korea protocol i mean I generally don't have people um, in, on a regular basis do more than 40 milligrams a day. In some of the acute viral stuff, I've seen upwards of 100 milligrams. I'm personally not going to be doing that for a longer period of time, but certainly, like we said with the vitamin D, if you're doing it short of time, I would feel relatively safe with that.
3: Do you balance it up with your copper?
0: Well, I think that I think that you know, while while we do want to make sure that we balance it out, we were um, talking about this earlier before you jumped on. Um, there's a lot of uh, in availability of supplements right now, so it's becoming harder for people to find uh, sources of their supplements. And I'm thinking, and if you disagree with me, Dr. Calvo, please speak up and you know, let's let's, let's definitely try to, try to talk through this. Um, but there's a lot of supplements that we are all recommending a lot of the same ones. Um, and, and we don't want to overwhelm. And so, you know, can we for short term, you know, take the zinc without worrying about the copper, uh, because then that's one more thing that they're going to have to get. And, I noticed that you know once we get you know over like five different supplements, people start to get really overwhelmed. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on that, Dr. Calder? Do you think that you know we can just have them moving forward with taking the zinc and not worrying about the copper at this very moment?
3: Well, I think it's like um, a, a lot of us have done. We we tend to tend to throw things on the wall and see what sticks. Um, uh, and with the micronutrient tests that the various labs do including the spectra cell not to just uh, pull out one but there are multiples that do that knowing what the base levels are helps a lot and if your copper level is low or your zinc level is low I think you adjust whatever is low up to what is acceptable uh, and perhaps you don't need to do that you don't need to balance certainly I'm I'm a minimalist I hate taking lots of <laughs> So I, I agree. I, my my goal is always to prune somebody's list as best I can. And I deal with my own kids, my own 46-year-old son, now 47-year-old son. I, I had a conversation with him this week and he says, dad, I got to rid of some of these pills. This is killing me. I travel for a living. So I get it. And I agree with you 100%. So I, I certainly wouldn't say as a rule, take copper with zinc, but I think we just have to, make it cross our brain and say, you know, where are all the levels? Because when you have an imbalance, there can be a problem.
1: And to add to that, if I can, I mean, in the long, run, I, I totally agree. I think the same, let's be minimalist, let's, find, let's do testing. I do a lot of spectra cells, well, some other stuff. In an acute setting, you know, using a week or two of unopposed zinc is probably not a deal really the first thing we're gonna start to see is how low our copper really is anyway. Um, And one of the tricks I've been using, too, is um, don't, like, we're, we're, we're talking about giving people these mega doses if they're acutely sick, but one of the things is I'm not a big multivitamin person for a lot of the reasons, like, I think that Dr. Calvo said, like, let's be very specific, but this is a time where a patient, hey, we have a therapeutic multivitamin so you can take six a day, if you have 27 things wrong and you don't want to take 42 pills. So why don't we take one or two of those and just, you know, it's ideal, but it, it might be all right in this. And those usually have um, are pretty balanced.
0: That's good. That's good. I like that. Um, um, you know, if, if you haven't, um, had your, you know, had your health, you know, as the priority and you don't have baselines and we're going into this crazy time right now, just take the supplements because something is going to be so much better than nothing. Most people are depleted in so many of their nutrients and minerals anyway, which is why, which is a big contributors to, you know, why people haven't have been feeling well while they're struggling with their fatigue and their chronic illnesses and things like that. So yeah, just go ahead and take it. And then when the time is right, you know, and you're ready to, you know, really get a handle on stuff and be very specific with your health, then yeah, you know, you contact any one of us that are here, you know, we can help you. We can start ordering labs. We can get very, very specific and we can start getting you back it back to baseline. And then we can optimize you, and that's really, really where you want to be. Like we all want to be, like Dr. Calvo. Uh, you know, um, you know, the guy is like, is like he's 25 years old, and um, and uh, you know, you already heard he's got a 47 year old son. And so there are a lot of things that we can do, not just to bring our health back to baseline, but to actually um, optimize. Um, let's see what's going on here. Did I change my screen? Okay. Um, and then, what about um, okay, so max dose of vitamin D? We already covered that. You could do 50,000 IU for a couple of days, and then you want to drop it back down. Vitamin C, you take that to bowel tolerance, and that's different for everybody. What that means is you can slowly keep increasing your dose until you have diarrhea or loose spools, and then at that point, you know, you go ahead and you back off until you're no longer having diarrhea. You know, for me, that might be, you know, 25,000 IU, um, you know, for, for Dr. Calvo, that might be 10,000 IU, it's, I mean, not IU, milligrams a day, and so it just depends, and everyone's different. Now, this is the thing with vitamin C, okay, um, and, and doctors, if you have anything to add to this, please do. Vitamin C, when you're taking it orally, your body can only utilize so much at a time. So your best bet with vitamin C is to take it over the course of the whole day. You know, take a 1,000 IU every every waking hour that you're awake. Your body's going to have a much better chance of actually being able to utilize it than if you just take you know, that if you shove, you know, five or 6,000, and I keep saying "ie," I mean milligrams, Then if you keep shoving, you know, five or 6,000 milligrams of vitamin C into your body just a couple times a day, it's better to spread that out, and since we're all home right now, it's going to be a lot easier for you to do something like that, right, because you're not, you know, you're not out and about. Um, Do you guys have anything to add to that?
3: I have a comment to make uh, that, again, go back to my really great superior mentor, uh, Dr. Russell Jaffe, who is the owner and developer of Perc, uh, the nutritional company many, many of us use. Uh, he uh, is a very strong advocate of vitamin C and has a bowel, re- a bowel purge regimen that he recommends. And he's, he th- prefers that everyone take themselves up to the bowel purge level to determine what their ne- their individual needs are, because that way you're not, just throwing it on the wall and seeing if it sticks, you may be tremendously low. Uh, and, and as Elena said, you will find out real quickly what your tolerance is. And it will be very, uh, very clear what you, your body needs and wants. Um, so that's that's a big, big point that if you're going to do it and you can get one of their powdered uh, C called Potency from PERC or you can get one of the other companies and you can try it. I think it's a little tough to take the capsules that way, but I think a powdered C that's kind of effervescent put into water is a good way to take it. The other way to do it is we uh, I did, kind of jumped in here late, so I don't know if we've talked about IV at all, but one of the things about IV you know, supplementation is extremely cure, uh, important not to get the osmolality of that fluid up too high because you can actually cause phlovitis or, or damage to the vein. And so we 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 must be careful with that as as consumers, and I know there are consumers on the line that shouldn't be afraid of IVs, but the practitioners also know that, that uh, we keep our osmolality low. And I'd much rather take too much orally because the worst I can get is diarrhea. And if I take too much IV, I can get a bad vein burn. So that would be my two bits.
1: Yeah, I would I would second all of that, especially with the IV. I mean, you have to use somebody who knows what they're doing. And then the other question is, should we be going to our practitioners for IVs right now? Because I would suggest that most of our practitioners are not set up in a hospital level of personal protection for the healthcare providers and um, preventing the other patients from getting sick. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It's just everybody needs to evaluate um, the particular risks in their area and how it's being administered, you know, the whole setup in the office. But the other thing, too, is I think it's a really great time to look at what we're eating. And, you know, getting vitamin C from a huge uh, shot of, um, you know, orange juice is probably not the right idea because it's got way too much sugar in it. But, you know, it's like calcium. We often forget that it comes through, you know, green leafy vegetables and other foods. You know, everybody's talking about selenium is so important. So we could do our true Brazil nuts. But we can also have eggs if that's not an allergen for us. We can have oysters. There's a whole bunch of foods that actually have a lot of these nutrients in it. And if we're getting a rainbow of veggies and we're bumping up our fiber and everything, that's going to do a ton too. Because, I mean, our body is designed to, to maximally absorb nutrients from food. And I, I would suggest augment with our our nutrients. I mean, I look at the use of any prescription, whether it's a vitamin Um, some sort of supplement or prescription medicine as a way to unburden the body where it's stuck and then remove it when the body can function. So I'm always trying to get, you know, support self-healing in the body and get it to a point where I'm only doing as much as the body's asking for help and then I'm removing it. So in this time, I think we should be doing extra more than we usually would, but let's not forget the simplest part, which is like change our diet. And You had mentioned earlier, Elena, a little bit about maybe changing our diet at this point. And one of the suggestions I've been making to parents um, and adults too, but is I, I came up with a crazy example, but you shouldn't be drinking soda. It should be illegal for everyone. But let's say your children are drinking three cans of soda a day and now they're pent up and they don't know what's going on in the world. Don't remove all their soda right away. Let's take down to two cans of soda a day for a week and now let's go to one or whatever but make some small changes um, for the people who are on the call and their friends who may not be able to just do wholesale now if you can do cold turkey like the smokers we were talking about that's great but we have to remember there's so much stress going on emotionally and physically with the unknown that some of our dietary changes could be very simple because i'm looking at it as i'm going to help myself in the short run but i'm also planning for the future and so if I can make a small change that I start now, something I do five minutes a day or one vegetable I add in, this will compound. I start to feel better. I can make change number two, then change number three. I'm not looking at most of this stuff, coronavirus specifically. Um, I'm looking at what's going to happen when this pandemic is over. I want to make sure that my patients, my friends, and myself are coming out stronger than I am today. And if I have to modify that because someone's exposed to the, you know, Covid nineteen. Well, then, absolutely.
3: Well, I think that's what uh, I had a conversation with my wife this morning, and we kind of alternately freak out with all the stuff that's going on. We have to calm each other down. But uh, she used a great word that I like to use all the time, which is this is a reset experience for all of us.
2: Yeah, and I think you know exactly what Dr. Tom said. You know, I hear over and over and over again, I've gotten so many emails, this supplement's out, this supplement's out, what do I do? And there's this panic around it. And some of them, you know, it's hard to get certain supplements and go back, you know, while you're waiting for your supplements to arrive, go to the grocery store. I was in Whole Foods and there was no processed food to be found. But the produce was fully stocked. So go get, you know, for vitamin C, your broccoli, your leafy greens, all of your yellow vegetables and, you know, load up on what you can because that stuff is controllable. And, you know, it's, it's shocking how many fresh foods are there. So you stock up, eat fresh foods and, you know, get your vitamins food-wise while you're waiting for your supplements.
0: Your food is your foundation. Do not forget that. Your food is the foundation of your health. And um, we have uh, we have been so fortunate to have um, Anne on our team, who is our lead nutrition coach, and she has uh, she worked overtime last week while uh, while she was actually out of town, um, and she put together uh, what we are we are finishing up the final touches on a um, uh, antiviral food nutrition ebook and so we will be putting that up on the crusaders for health site um and we'll also be sure that we add it into our email um into one of our you know newsletters that goes out so that those of you who are not um, on social media um that you'll have access to that so you know don't forget that we're going to be sending that out to you or that we're making it available there's going to be recipe ideas a lot of foods that help support the immune system and decrease inflammation um, and then jumping back into the into the uh into the some of the you know emotional mindset and stress the stress stuff that's going on dr calvo i love how you positioned that you know, it's all in our positioning and reframing our mind around the things that are happening, so that we can um, empower ourselves instead of giving our power away and, and allowing ourselves to become stuck in a mode of fear. Um, and and this isn't just you know affecting us as adults; it's affecting our kids too. They don't know what the heck is going on. And even if you're not sharing it with them. They feel what's going on. They are connected to you. So don't forget that you need to take care of yourself and your mindset, and you need to keep yourself grounded if you expect your children to be able to do the same. Um, a
3: great thing on the line this morning with one of the more profound bloggers for the COVID-19, who said, I am self-admitting that I am today a bad father. He says, I screamed at my five-year-old because he was interrupting me when I was on a blog, and I screamed at my wife, and I'm well, I'm not sick, but unbeknownst to me, I'm, I'm emotionally involved in this. He says, there's nothing wrong with me at all, but I am emotionally involved in this, and I must calm myself down.
0: So, and it all started with him becoming aware of his actions exactly. so that he could then take action to do that. We have on Tuesday, um, March 24th, next week, we have a, um, a good friend of uh, both Dr. Tom Moorcroft and myself, uh, Dr. Roseanne Kapanahad. She is a psychologist and pediatric mental health expert. And she is going to come on and talk to us about things like How do we talk to our kids about this stuff? How do we process some of these things that are going on? How can we process this stuff as it's coming into us? And so uh, be sure that that you join us next Tuesday for that. That's going to be really, really awesome. Um, What other questions do we have? I know I always want to be respectful of everyone's time. Um, Any of you on the panel, if you need to drop off, we understand. But um, we can try to get through the rest of these questions before we jump off, um, you know, whoever can stay. Someone's asking about um, black seed oil. Do we have a quick answer for that? I'm not super familiar with the immune boosting benefits or antiviral benefits of black seed oil. Are any of you familiar with anything
2: with that? I've seen a lot of anti-inflammatory properties with it. Seen really great anti-inflammatory benefits, and and um, not necessarily use it as a immune, boost, immune boosting, but there is you know some research behind it. But I'm not familiar with the antiviral, just the anti-inflammatory benefits of it.
0: Okay, okay, thank you, um, William Hire. I saw that you were on. I'm so glad to see you. Um, William Hires out of Austin, Texas. Um, I was in the middle. This is, what, this is what he's saying here. I was in the middle of a trip to Vietnam last week with, with my kids when we pulled the plug and came home. The experience of being there was markedly different than here. Everyone was wearing a mask, temperatures were checked when entering the buildings, and sanitizer was being used everywhere. How concerned are you that the US advantage in healthcare versus Vietnam and South Korea and China, for example, will be outweighed by America's failure to take this epidemic more seriously. Um, I'm gonna let, Tom, let's start with you, and then Dr. Calvo, I know you're gonna have, have some things to say about that as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I, that I would agree that we have a, a, an advantage in healthcare. I think we have an advantage in healthcare accessibility for certain people. Um, and not to go down that rabbit hole, but um, what we're seeing is that the hysteria in the United States is leading to very significant shortages in both food and toilet paper, as people have commented about, but maybe even more importantly is medical supplies. Colleagues of ours who are on the front lines are you know, getting sick and dying. There are people who can't get masks now. We can't get, the, and they're being asked to reuse masks that aren't even appropriate to be used in that setting which means that they're getting putting at, put at higher risk. And so um, what we do know is that we are, in the United States, extremely behind in testing. Uh, if you look at South Korea, their outbreak got out of control. Then they initiated um, wide-scale testing with drive-through testing stations. And they have the capacity to test somewhere between 15 and 20,000 people a day And as of uh, a day or two ago, the United States had only tested a total of about 32,000 people overall. So we are way behind. And what you saw is as South Korea got their act together and had widespread testing, um, their infectivity rates went down. Um, There may have been a few other, um, you know, pieces that came into that because they did have one area of concentration where there a lot of their cases were coming from that they quarantined but they were able to much more specifically identify who the people who were sick the contacts of them and quarantine them rather than doing as much wide scale um, you know quarantining as we have so I think that um, William's comment is really dead on though I mean I think the hysteria and the Lack of early reaction from our government, lack of a clear message, and now sort of trying to go backwards and catch up is, is leading to more hysteria, which is going to put us further behind. But the good news is, um, from last week to this week, our mortality rates have gone from about 4.5% down to about 1.5%. Now, whether that's just us catching up with the real cases um, that's we'll figure that out in, in hindsight. But I think that we do need to calm down and people need to stop wearing masks be- unless they have a cough or they're a healthcare provider because otherwise there's no benefit to you.
3: Right, I agree with that. And I, I think that, I, I, um, that masks for the most part are meant to prevent the mask wearer from contaminating the non-mask wearer. It is not to prevent Inhaling or getting um, particles in the eyes of the wearer. Uh, they just don't work that way unless you've got a sealed mask that has your whole face sealed and your whole um, eyes shielded. Um, the only orifice that this virus can enter is through the nasal pharynx and the eyes. And you must totally occlude that if you're going to wear a proper mask. None of these masks are proper. So if someone is infected, and they're coughing, they should have a mask on and they should be isolated, obviously. Um, I think the corollary to the delay um, and to the um, disbelief that this was real is uh, to some extent countered by arrogance. And we've got an arrogant population that no matter what you tell them, thinks that they're supermen, that they have shields up, that they have kryptonite. I mean, that they don't, are not affected by kryptonite. They've got a big red S on their chest. They're not, that's not right. I got an Instagram picture from my 19-year-old granddaughter on the beach with four of her sorority sisters two days ago in Florida. And I said, that does not look like social distancing. And that's all I said but we must not be arrogant about this. We must face reality.
0: Yeah, and I feel like, you know, William, what you were seeing over in Vietnam and, you know, where people seem to be taking it a lot more seriously, um, you know, could possibly be also, you know, that the mentality over there is different because it hit a lot closer to home over there for them you know uh, versus us you know we're, we're thinking oh you know we're on the other side of the world this isn't gonna affect us you know we're you know we have the best health care in the world and you know nothing's gonna bother us so, you know the, i feel like you know yeah totally the mentality is different there um and um but i think that you know it's starting to hit closer to home now and um you know hopefully um hopefully everyone is starting to, you know, take a little bit of a, of a different stance and, you know, take it a little bit more seriously.
3: we should We should not allow this to become fear. No. Fear, as Tony Robbins once said, stands for false experiences appearing real, F-E-A-R. Okay? We must find out the facts face the facts and take care of the problem.
0: That's awesome. That's so true. Well said. Um,
1: and I was going to say, Elena, I totally agree. And I've been saying we have to be know the facts so we can be proactive and not panic in this whole thing. And it's 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 a shame that we haven't had more clear leadership because we know that we have to very we have to do what we're doing now. Is it possible we could done this? Yes, but we. Ha- it might be, but we really need to understand that this is the real thing. We do need to take these precautions and this is a challenge to us, but I totally agree. We, we can't let the fear override us because like t- my daughter, Talia is 10 and uh, you guys met her, you know, uh, and the other, you know, it was interesting the other day, she goes, daddy, people need to remain calm. They just have to chill out. She's like, because when your brain is going crazy, you can't think rationally or scientifically. And I'm like, right? I mean, she's 10. But it's like you just see all of these people out there going ballistic. And, I mean, I just I dropped a post in there, um, an article we just threw up yesterday, because, like, millennials, I mean, in the U.S., we're actually seeing that the, the first cases in the U.S. that were not imported do involve a lot of people getting sick who are in a younger age group. Now, the people who are at most serious risk have preexisting medical conditions or in their 70s or 80s, but none of us can hide from this, but we can take action so that we're not fearful. So hopefully we'll, we'll change sort of the social dialogue around this as more people get information. And, you know, a lot of our friends that you were referring to, I know like Roseanne's going to be on a, a summit we're doing, a live summit we're doing on Sunday, and I've been on some other things with her and a lot of other people. In, in the greater health community. And it's all about giving them a little bit of good knowledge and then really just going and talking about the mindset because this is where it starts. You can't apply all the amazing information that everyone shared today if your brain's going nuts, right? <laughs> like Talia says. So we really do need to just step back um, and um, reassess, take a deep breath. And um, you know, and that's the other thing, Like one of the things for testing People are like, well, what should I do? Do I go to the doctor? I'm like, well, take a deep breath, sit on your couch, then call your doctor because you don't want to go infect everybody if you are sick and you want to get the proper testing and treatment. So it all starts with taking a deep breath and just reassessing and, and not letting that fear you know, paralyze you. So, And I also wanted to say thank you to everybody. I unfortunately do need to run because I have another call if for um, trying to help some folks in New Zealand with some more information about this as well. But... Um, Elena and Tori know where to find me. If there's any questions or there's any way I can be of help, I'm happy to come back and do some more or answer questions offline. Anything we can do to be a resource during this time. So thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Tom. We love you so much. And uh, yeah, keep up the good work.
1: Yeah, love you guys all. And everybody who I just met for the first time today, it's a pleasure. And I'm sure we'll be doing it a lot more in the future. Be safe and healthy.
3: Pleasure meeting you, Tom. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Um, so someone's asking, can you use Arm & Hammer sodium bicarbonate to alkalize the body? Um, who wants to Who wants to answer that one?
3: I have a little bit of an input on that. One of my mentors uh, in the peptide society is a big uh, bicarb uh, advocate. Um, on the other hand, Dr. Russell Jaffe, doesn't believe that you can put anything that's alkaline in the stomach and maintain alkalinity because the gastric acid will neutralize it and all you do is belch. Um, So the sodium potassium bicarb is is maybe an alternative to plain sodium bicarb. Uh, It's a little bit easier on the stomach. Uh, A lot of athletes use it. Um, I'm I'm not certain how, uh, I haven't measured the the blood alkalinity or the immediate urine alkalinity of people who have taken it. Um, I would say it probably can't hurt, uh, but I'm not sure that it's very efficacious. I think alkalinizing the body using Dr. Jaffe's formula, which is the five five, uh, foodstuffs is better, which is garlic, uh, onion, egg, yolk, um, what are the other two? Onion, garlic, bro- broccoli sprouts, egg and one other. I can't remember right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, food. Food hey, is the they, thing. they will alkalinize your blood yeah. and your urine. And you you know, you want your you, you want your urine to be seven point oh five to seven point one in the morning when you wake up.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's really well stated. Uh food is gonna be the best way. To alkalize your your body, um, and and talking about food, um, you know it's going to be in the form of you know fresh veggies, um, you know that is only really going to help you to alkalize. And someone is saying that they live in North Carolina. Steph live, uh, she's living in North Carolina where there's mandatory quarantine, and uh, she says she says it's been crazy over there, and the supermarket shelves are bare, and she can't get any fresh veggies um, and a shortage of frozen veggies, are green powders enough for our daily veggie needs right now? So, yeah, I mean, that's going to be better than eating processed foods. So, you know, do, you know, get your, um, you know, your amino acids, so your proteins, you know, where you can, um, and then definitely add the green powders into your, into your regimen. And then, uh, talk to your local grocer, tell them, you know, ask them, say, Hey, you know, when are you going to get a stock of some more fresh vegetables in and when can I come and get some because I've been out of vegetables they will help you they see what's going on right and so you know just just ask them and tell them the predicament that you're in the other thing to consider is um, imperfect produce online where you can get organic produce there it's not perfectly shaped off the vine, so it's discounted. Um, but there are also some places online where you can order some, uh, some uh, produce as well. So don't forget that, uh, that uh, you know, our mail system, fortunately, is um, still working. Um, Dawn is saying that she's fighting a bacterial overgrowth or a yeast infection. It sounds like you're not sure which one um, and have been told to do a low map. Um, and there's not, and not too much fiber to allow the gut to heal. Um, yeah, well, you know what, if you're doing this on your own and you don't have anyone guiding you, yes, definitely do a low FODMAP diet for right now. Um, that's going to prevent the bacteria that is overgrowing, that's causing a lot of your symptoms. It's going to, you know, prevent them from getting out of control. Um, so yeah, definitely do the low FODMAP. And then you know, whenever you're ready or, you know, if you feel so inclined to just reach out to us and, you know, we can help help you get your gut back in order. Um, as long as I'm home, is there a good time to do a cleanse, i.e. fasting or coffee enemas? You know what? I was actually thinking about doing the coffee enema, actually. <laughs> so um, um, I'm actually getting ready to do um, a little bit of a, uh, of a keto with intermittent fasting. And that's just personally, I'm going to do that. We're home right now. Like Dr. Calvo said, that his wife said, like this is the time for a reset. This is a time for a reset. So you know, there's there's never a bad time, uh, almost never a bad time to do a cleanse. Uh, take care of your body. Um, that that will definitely help to uh, boost your immune function as long as you're not doing anything super radical. So when you say cleanse, you know, I'm thinking, why don't you do a food based cleanse? A food-based cleanse uh, would incorporate eating a, a, eating mostly vegetables with some super clean animal proteins. If you don't eat animal protein, then you know just get a complete amino acid profile proteins from other food sources. Make sure that you're eating organic and drink lots of water. Um, and, um, and that is a really good food, food-based cleanse that you can do. You can add some additional greens powders and some additional um, whole food fiber into your diet as well. Um, and that would be really, really good for you to go ahead and do at this time. Um, I think we've covered everything. Uh, Dr. Calvo?
3: Ask someone asked the urine uh, numbers, and I would say anything above seven, uh, not within seven to 7.1, probably 7.05, sometimes just on the alkaline side of neutral uh, is probably acceptable, unless some of you differ on that. Uh, uh, again, to repeat the foodstuffs that will alkalinize you they 're all sulfur based amino acid based uh, uh vegetables and that 's garlic um, onion egg yolk ginger and and uh, broccoli sprouts so those are those are alkalinizing foods that you, you can guarantee if you saute saute those in the morning with your with your eggs um and bacon and whatever you're gonna, else you're going to, your proteins or your green smoothie or whatever you're going to have. That's gonna be a great step to alkalinize it first morning,
0: And many of those are actually, uh, many of those actually have antimicrobial properties too. Okay. So, you know, including antiviral, so that's awesome.
3: Ex- excellent for the stomach. And um, remember what our, the first physician that taught us all once said is that, let thy medicine be thy food and let thy food be thy medicine, Hippocrates.
0: That's a perfect ending for today, Dr. Calvo. You're so awesome. We love you. Um, um, do, do you guys have any further questions? Um, you know, we're at 12.23 now. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, if you guys loved this today, if this is informative for you. We did get an awesome comment, someone saying that it was such good information. Please let us know in the comments. Um, we want to tailor this for you. We want to give you relevant information, um, and, uh, and uh, you know, this is all about you guys. So just please let us know. Thank you so much, guys. All right. Have a great day. Um, stay in tuned to emails from us because we're going to be sending out a newsletter um, that is going to have our next couple of upcoming guests and their bios and we're going to be talking about what we're actually going to be doing and we may have one or two of our sessions next week go over time so that we can do some actually do a mindset practice so we can so that uh rosita can take us through a resonance repatterning and grounding session after we do our regular q a session so we love you guys stay in touch with us if you're not already getting our emails go to our website at ModernHolisticHealth.com, and you can sign up for our newsletter there. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.